Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The case of Charles Dexter Ward by the American horror writer H.P. Lovecraft is a story that only got published after his death. Now it gets a modern makeover, 90-odd years after it was written. And one of the interesting things about this remake of something written back in 1927 is the way it plays around with the podcast format. There's the subject matter. It sounds very much like a true crime show. There are also the formal elements like scratchy old audio, voice recordings, ads and some clever editing and sound design. At least one scene will have you jumping out of your skin, I guarantee it. And there's a narrative device we've seen before in shows like Serial and S-Town, the central voice of a slightly bemused, naive narrator who seems to be trying to solve the mystery at the same time as we're trying to make sense of it. A little housekeeping before we start. Mystery Machine is just one of the podcasts we make here at Red Hook Stories. I'd urge you to check out the collection of oddities in Catherine Melman's History of Crime series, Bite Size Noir, and Kevin Dobbs's reportage show, Here and Now. That's here, H-E-A-R. You can find details of both at the Red Hook website and subscribe through whatever podcast software you use. Our shows are not advertiser-funded because we like to keep the audio clean and honest. Our financing comes direct from you, the listeners. If you like our shows and if you'd like to hear more of them, head over to our crowdfunding site where, for a modest monthly donation, you can get a whole load of behind-the-scenes goodies, merchandise and previews of forthcoming episodes. Details of that are on the Red Hook website too. OK, admin over. If this is your first time listening to The Mystery Machine, you've picked a perfect time to join us. We're starting a brand new story today and we think this one is going to be really interesting. We don't know where it ends up because we haven't got to the bottom of it ourselves yet. But what we've uncovered so far is, well, intriguing doesn't really do it justice. I'm Matthew Hayward, and this is The Mystery Machine. We're always on the lookout for stories. Even when we're in the middle of one, we're always keeping our ears to the ground for the next thing. That means always being alert to those little snippets of information that might indicate there's something buried that's worth digging up. What we're looking at from today started life as a locked room mystery. On the 6th of March 2017, a man went missing from a secure psychiatric hospital just outside Providence, Rhode Island. The last person to see the man that night had been his doctor, who had visited him in his room. According to multiple accounts, doctor and patient spoke for about an hour. Then the doctor left and the patient was locked in for the night. When the orderlies entered his room the next morning, he wasn't there. The door was locked from the outside. The windows were secured. No way in or out. But no patient. So that's interesting enough. It's it's strange. Maybe someone let him out. That's the most logical explanation. But the police interviewed everyone and they seemed satisfied that no one had done that. There was nothing on the CCTV and the guard in the corridor outside swore that he hadn't left his post. 
So it's like the start of a Sherlock Holmes mystery, except there just doesn't seem to be an answer to this one, improbable or not. And so if something is that much of a mystery, if it's actually unsolvable, then we don't have a show. We always need a thread to pull, something we can build a story around. And in this case, there just didn't seem to be a thread. So we moved on. And at the time, we instead told the story of Wayne Dawson and the disappearance of those five women in Nottingham back in the 1890s. That turned out to be one of our most popular stories. If you haven't checked it out, you can find the episodes on our website. So, now cut to two months ago. Kennedy Fisher, our investigator extraordinaire, had planted a flag, as she calls it. I absolutely did not call <laughs> it that. What did you call it then? <laughs> I didn't call it anything. <laughs> I set up some news alerts, like I always do if we move on from something, in case the story develops. Uh, all right, well, do you want to pick it up? Sure. So, the last person to see Charles Ward... That's the missing patient's name. You didn't do that yet? I was saving it up. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. The last person to see him was his psychiatrist, Dr. Jonathan Willett. Now, Willett gave a statement to the police at the time, and there was no suggestion that he did anything wrong or was involved in the disappearance in any way. But two months ago, my news alert pings. An American psychiatrist, Dr. Jonathan Willett, has been sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Lucy Hawthorne at her home in Highgate in May this year. The court heard that Willett forced his way into Miss Hawthorne's home and stabbed her multiple times with a kitchen knife. Dr Willett had apparently been experiencing an acute paranoid schizophrenic episode and the judge sent him to Broadmoor, which, for those of you who don't know, is a high-security psychiatric facility down in Berkshire. So Willett came to England. This distinguished psychiatrist with no criminal record, no history of mental disturbance, and he murdered a woman. And that may have had nothing whatsoever to do with the missing patient back in Rhode Island... But Kennedy saw it as a weird little coincidence. And I don't believe in coincidences. So now there was a thread and we started pulling it. And the story we uncovered, the story that we're still uncovering, this one is not over yet and we don't know how deep it's going to go. This has to be the single strangest thing any of us at the Mystery Machine have ever encountered. We're calling it... The case of Charles Dexter Ward. So, what has prompted this sudden interest in your ancestry, Charles? Well, I don't think it's sudden. Does it seem sudden? Well, perhaps it's just new to me. I want to know who I am. In the sense that... In every sense. I don't think I'm the person they think I am. Well, who's they? People. You. My family. Your family don't know who you are? My mother did. But she lied. What did she lie about, Charles? I was up in the attic and I found something. She had one of those old files, you know, those things that stretch out? Constitutive file? A birth certificate was in there. My grandfather, her father, that's not the name on the birth certificate. What's the name? Joseph Kerwin. 
So that was Dr Jonathan Willett talking to Charles Dexter Ward when Ward was, what, 17? Yeah, he just turned 17. His mother had died a few months before. So is that why he's seeing Dr Willett? No. Ward had been seeing Willett as a patient pretty much since eighth grade. Which, for the British listeners... Uh, Like 13 years old. So he'd been seeing a psychiatrist since he was 13. Yeah, but there's stuff we do and don't know here. Willett recorded a a bunch of their conversations. I guess that was his practice. And some of those tapes are on record from when Charles Ward disappeared, and they were part of the investigation. But there's a whole bunch of client-patient confidentiality stuff, which means that what we have is incomplete. And so there's some guesswork we're having to do. It seems like Charles was a problem kid from way before his mother died. Do we know what she died of? We do. She was hit by a car. A hit and run, so they never caught the guy. Okay, so there was no illness or anything that might have caused Charles distress when he was younger? Not that we know of. Charles Ward had been taken out of school when he was 15 years old. Apparently he wasn't a good fit. He was a loner. Kind of weird. Weird how? Well, I tracked down the principal the school Ward was attending in ninth grade. Uh, Her name was... Claire Rushmore. She asked us not to name the school, and she doesn't work there anymore, but she certainly seems to have remembered Charles Ward. Well, I'm not sure. It seems unprofessional. You spoke to the police, Mrs. Rushmore, when they were investigating Charles Ward's disappearance. Well, yes, but I... So uh, that's a matter of public record. I'm not asking you to tell me anything you didn't say to them. No, well, I suppose he was a difficult boy. And that's not what we have difficult. All schools have difficult children. But Charles Ward was more than that. There was a darkness to him. What do you mean by darkness? Well, he he was anti-authority, certainly. But again, we always have a few pupils like that. Often they come from difficult backgrounds, though. And I don't think that could be said of Charles. Uh, He didn't mix well. Was he bullied? Oh, no, I should say not. If anything, the other children were afraid of him. So he was violent? No, not violent. I understand this is a little frustrating. The police had the same issue when I talked to them. The truth is, it was not something you could put a finger on. It was just a... There was something about him that prompted disquiet, maybe, you could say. Something that was kind of off. The other children seemed to sense it. There's his teachers, too. And you talked to Mr. and Mrs. Ward about this? Oh, I did, yes, on a number of occasions. She said that sometimes when you bring parents in, they tell you that they don't recognize your description of their child. Uh, the kid's not like this at home and so on. And sometimes she said that really is the case. And other times, you know, they're just being defensive, which is understandable, I guess. No one wants to accept that their kid is difficult. But in the case of Mr. and Mrs. Ward... Well, I, the father. I just think he wasn't around very much. I, I don't think he had a close relationship with Charles, and certainly there was a sense that he felt he had better things to do than be hauled in to see the school principal. But the mother, I, I think Mrs. Ward connected with what I was saying. I think she was scared. Of her son? I think so. Some of the case of Charles Dexter Ward, written and directed by Julian Simpson and produced by Karen Rose with sound engineering from David Thomas. And that's a Sweet Talk production for BBC Radio 4. Thanks for listening to the podcast hour from RNZ. If you're finding it helpful to find new stuff to listen to, then please do consider rating or reviewing us with as many stars as you can manage wherever you get your podcasts from and tell your friends and family about us too. 
And if you're writing a review, then do let us know what you like about the show or how it could be improved. So if you'd like to hear longer clips, more interviews with the people making the shows that we feature, and if four shows is about the right number to highlight each week, that kind of stuff, it would be really helpful to know. Thanks a lot. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.